Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. We are back today, continuing the A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass, and we are right now talking about A Court of Mist and Fury. What happened last time? Okay, so Tambutt is being... Tambutt? A Tambutt. They were gonna get hitched. It was a big ceremony. That was the plan. And then Reese popped up and swished the bride away. Swished? <laughs> and Whisked. then... <laughs> Whished. I was saying whisked. Whisked. Yeah, I knew. I knew what you meant to say, but I was also pondering that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, does that still make sense? Whisked. That's apparently a hard word for me to say. Anything the with bride. an SK, I cannot say. So, he takes her back to his lair. <laughs> to enact the bargain that he had not been doing anything about the past few months. I've come nope. to bargain. Yep. He tells her that war is coming and that's where we left off. Okay, we are on chapter seven. So after Reese ominously said, war is coming, Aerys started to panic and begged him not to invade. Please don't. Please, please. <laughs> He's like, hold up. <laughs> He's like, I don't mean me. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> he asked her if she truly thought he was that kind of monster. She went on saying her family and the rest of the humans were defenseless. Reese told her he was not going to invade the the mortal lands. Favor continued worrying over the mentioned impending war, and Reese commanded her to put her shields up. He didn't want to hear her complain anymore. Yep. <laughs> she did as she was told, and Reese softened. He asked her if she thought it was truly over after Amarantha. Um, yeah, I mean, she did. Yeah. Tamlin didn't make her think anything otherwise. She started to say Tamlin didn't say anything about it, but then consider all the meetings he'd been going to and the patrols lately. There could be a lot he kept from her. And there definitely was. No sh- <laughs> Reese went on to say the King of Highburn had been planning this for a century. Amarantha and her rule was just an experiment. Highburn would go through Prithian, destroy the wall, and then try to gain the all of the lands, including the mortal lands. Feyre asked when. Reese stated he didn't know when or where he'd attack in Prithian, but Highburn had allies, cowards who would rather join him than fight against him. Feyre inquired if Reese fought in the war, to which he responded, yeah, he did. He'd been young then and never wanted to witness such a slaughter ever again. Reese explained why he brought her to the night court. She could convince Tamlin to stand up and fight with them against Highburn. Sure. Bayer argues argues that Tamlin doesn't inform her on his stance and stuff like this. Reese said, well, you should just insist that he tells you. Reese. 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 That's some wishful thinking. You, You know... Well, also, he, he knows Hamlin, and I'm like, you really think that's what he would do? Like, He's just like, well, he's in love. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Like, who could say no to this girl? Maybe that's it. <laughs> Reese also said that she could be useful for her skills found in catching the cereal. Vera commented that catching the cereal hadn't been hard. Like, Elle getting into law school. What? Like, it's hard? That was Pharaoh with the cereal. Such I a could hard just thing. see the deadpan stare that Reese gives her, and he's like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> She's like, exactly. It's okay. Pats his shoulder. He wipes off some more lint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all he does. He's just got a lint roller all the time. Yeah, it's his thumbs are either, or his hands are either in his pockets or he's wiping lint off. There's no in between. <laughs> he has to be pristine every second. He is the High Lord of Prithian. <laughs> we had a theory about that earlier as yeah. I was in the bathroom. Yeah, I just waited <laughs> by the door. was like, wait, oh, you're just brushing your teeth. Here, I gotta tell you something. <laughs> 
He told her that he had tried twice and failed. Vera also caught the Meningard worm. And his eye f***ing twinkled at the thought of that. At the memory of that. Uh-huh. Reese needed Vera's powers to track something down for him. When she asked what exactly she needed to look for, Reese said that was a conversation for another time. And this is just a cycle. I'd be like, yeah. we're not ready. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. I'll give you a little bit. We'll talk about it later. Both him and Hamlin. He doesn't want to info dump the poor girl. (laughs) No. Hamlin just says, we're not talking about this. He's like, we'll talk about it later. Reese is trying to ease her into things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also, I mean, he's not going to give all of his secrets to this girl yet. She asked why he picked her out of all of the hunters out there. He told her that she was the only one he trusted. She tried to argue with him. But he was confident she wouldn't betray him. He also mentioned her powers. She ain't no snitch. (laughs) Yeah. So he mentioned her powers and she denied she even had powers. But he told her that she was showing signs of a high lord heir and how she could become a high lady. Mm -hmm. And Beira, after, you know, previously having this conversation with Tamlin more than once, evidently said there's no such thing as a high lady geez reese did you not know that there's no such thing as high ladies yeah tamlin told me there's no such like, thing reese is like borderline feminist so farah watch out <laughs> he's borderline feminist <laughs> he's not quite there well he does some <laughs> up stuff so or did eh, does there's more to come does <laughs> <laughs> she told him there's no such thing as a high lady and he said we'll talk about that later too easing her into it He wanted to train her for the upcoming war. So from the book, it says, I began shaking my head. Tamlin won't allow it. Reese said, Tamlin isn't your keeper and you know it. Exactly. Ferris said, I'm his subject and he is my high lord. And then Reese interrupts, you are no one's subject. I went rigid at the flash of teeth, the smoke-like wings that flared out. I will say this once and only once. Recent purred, stalking to the map on the wall. Oh, this part. You can be a pawn, be someone's reward, and spend the rest of your immortal life bowing and scraping and pretending you're less than him. Then Ianthe, then the rest of us. If you want to pick that road, then fine. A shame, but it's your choice. The shadow of wings rippled again. But I know you, more than you realize, I think. And I don't believe for one damn minute that you're remotely fine with being a pretty trophy for someone who sat on his ass for nearly 50 years, then sat on his ass while you were shredded apart. She told him to stop. Um, I could just see him with his hand up like, let's go off. And let's dare you think that of yourself. And let's just go ahead and say, as Tamlin's anger is shown when his claws pop out, when Reese's wings pop out, that's when he's... That's when he's mad. Run, boy, run. <laughs> she told him to stop, and he went on to tell her that he that she could save her family and help them win this war. He told her to think it over, and she could talk it over with Tamlin if she liked, but the decision was hers and hers alone. Settle with all that, y'all. Settle with all of that. Farrah didn't see Reese, Reese and or more for the rest of the week. She would have thought they were away from the manor, but Reese's homework made her think differently. He had her practice writing a different obnoxious sentence each day. Reesand is the most handsome high lord. When Farrah awoke from her nightmares, she didn't feel the need to vomit because her room was open to the outside. The stars were so bright she didn't feel smothered in darkness. 
The day before her week was over, Farah overheard Reese and Moore talking about an attack at a temple that resulted in the horrific death of so many priestesses. Y'all remember that for future, future reference. I don't mm-hmm. even know if Peyton knows how far I'm going, but... They tried to keep some parts secret, which Farah understood, considering she was an enemy's fiancé. Moore disappeared in thin air, and Farah asked about their ability to disappear. Reese explained it. Okay, so they call this winnowing. So, you're trying to step from place to place. In order to get from one place to another, you usually have to walk, you know, a distance, <laughs> right? Well, you instead of the that, walk, it's like apparating in Harry Potter. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm like disapparating and apparating. You just close the gap between the space mm-hmm. that from where you want to go to where you want to be. You're you're bending the fabric of space and time is basically yeah, yeah. it. Like yeah. the way Reason explained it was, was like way that. more eloquent. Very eloquent. <laughs> but I was also like I was like, geez, Reese. Just say disapparating. Mm-hmm. We all know what that means. Yeah, can we just say SJM really liked Harry Potter because I'm starting to see Well yeah and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> she's a fangirl. Then Farah asked about the slang. Reesan said more people were going to die. She realized he probably let her listen to the conversation to show her the possible tragedies that would strike because of Highburn. Reese flew away. Yeet. <laughs> Got a blast. The next day, Reese told her good morning, and Farah insisted on being sent home. He said he wanted her to treat him like a person first. <laughs> he asked if she was ready to face the consequences of leaving Tamlin. She hadn't thought of that. She'd missed him and wanted to talk wanted to ask about everything she had discussed with Reese. She told Reese and it was none of his business and he told her that she would probably just do what she always did and ignore the situation. Lots of banner. Or do you want to say this? Uh, there was lots of banner back and forth at this moment, including one of my favorite lines, I guess. As Beira said, no one asked for your opinion, Reese And Reese said, Reese I give you a week of luxury and you call me Reese Come on Farah, I thought we were nicknaming each other. Yeah. Your favorite darling, which Your is Your favorite it? darling. And I am Reese. All of his friends call him Reese. So yeah. He told her that the week she had spent there had given more color to her face and the bags under her eyes were nearly gone. Once again, she insisted on insisted he take her home. He asked if she considered his offer further. She told him she would let him know next month. To work with him. I forgot to mention that in our synopsis of what happened earlier. He wants her to work with him. To stop the war. To stop the war. Reese reminded her he wasn't the enemy. She told him that he was Tamlin's enemy and that would make them enemies. Reese asked if she was sure about that. Farrah remarked that if he let her out of the deal, they would see. He ignored the request and asked if she was ready to go. Oh my gosh. They would- she, she just spends all of her time trying to convince him, and he's just like, okay, anyway, <laughs> moving on. They went out to the spring court, and Farrah tried to run away, but Reese stopped her and told her, good luck for letting go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> she found Tamlin and Lucian in the study going over a map. Lucian noticed her first, but it wasn't long before Tamlin's head snapped up and she was immediately enveloped in a bone-crushing hug. Tamlin didn't even notice her first in the room. I mean... That also says a lot. You love this girl and you don't know that she's back? You can't smell her? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't smell her. Yeah. Can't smell her. (laughs) Tamlin checked over her to make sure there were no marks. She told him she hadn't been harmed in the night court with Reese. He told her she could be harmed in other ways other than physically. Mm-hmm. She assured him that she was fine. Tamlin told her Reese might be trying to get her to 
feel comfortable before attacking because he was a terrible person. She assured him she would keep her guard up next time. Because she didn't have it up the first time? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> He told her there wouldn't be a next time. He asked if they had found a way out of the bargain. He told her he wasn't letting her go. He gives her nothing else. She's like, oh, did you find a way out of this bargain? Did did you find something? No. He's just like, I'm not letting you go. <laughs> like, gives her nothing. Give me nothing, Tamlin. Give yeah. me nothing. That's all he does. She asked about the consequences. And of course, he said, damn, the consequences. She kissed him and told him that she wanted to go upstairs with him and how much she missed him. But Tamlin, of course, had questions. Even though she wanted him to save them for later, he insisted they talk now. Lucian and Tamlin sat her down and asked about the layout of the night court. Farrah told him she didn't realize she was a spy. Tamlin told her, as much as I hate your bargain, you've been granted access into the night court. Outsiders rarely get to go in. And if they do, they rarely come out in in one piece. And if they can function, their memories are usually mm, scrambled. Whatever recent is hiding in there, he doesn't want us knowing about it. Well, Vera asked what they would do with this information, and Tamlin basically told her not to worry her pretty little head by moving on and repeating his question about the layout. Diverting, diverting, diverting. Yep. The making your fiance or ex-fiance become a spy without her consent, but okay. She told him this felt like an interrogation, and Tamlin grew irritated. Farrah explained everything that had happened down to the smallest detail, and when she finished, she asked about her potential powers. Tamlin said it was possible, and then Lucian jumped in, saying, if she did have powers, it was dangerous, and high lords like his father would kill her if he knew she possessed even an ounce of their power. Farrah asked if Tamlin knew about the powers before. He said he hoped it wasn't true, and now that Reese knew, there's no telling what he would do with that information. (sighs) Tamlin knew there was a possibility of her being powerful or having powers at all mm-hmm. he was like yeah. twiddling his thumbs waiting for something to happen that's all he ever does <laughs> yeah. but I'm like you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble her so much trouble I know that was one of the few points that also irritated me at this moment even over the interrogation thing was that and I was like really <sighs> if you don't want to tell her about other things you know tell her at least things that involve her personally <laughs> <laughs> yeah right oh my gosh Ugh. anyway I'm thinking about stuff later on. Farrah mentioned that Reese wanted to train her, and Tamlin said that training would draw too much attention and she didn't need to train. He could protect her. Mm-hmm. Sure. 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 Yeah. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. <laughs> she interjected, insisting she could help fight against Highburn, and then this is from the book. That's out of the question, Tamlin said, especially as there will be no war against Highburn. Reese says war is inevitable and will be hit hard. I love how she calls him Reese in front of Tamlin. Uh-huh. I don't know. Lucian said dryly, and Reese knows everything. No, but he was concerned. He thinks I can make a difference in any upcoming conflict. Tamlin flexed his fingers, keeping those claws contained. <laughs> Just like the bind this, and it's funny. You have no training in battle or weaponry, and even if I started training you today, it'd be years before you could hold your own on an immortal battlefield. He took a tight breath. So despite what he thinks you might be able to do, Farah, I'm not going to have you anywhere near a battlefield, especially if it means revealing whatever powers you have to our enemies. You'd be fighting Hybern at your front and have foes with friendly faces at your back. I don't care. I care, Tamlin snarled. Lucian whooshed out of breath. I care if you die, if you're hurt, if you will be in danger every moment for the rest of our lives. So there will be no training and we're going to keep this between us. But Hybern, Lucian intervened calmly. Already have my sources looking into it. So Lucian is looking into it and 
suggested that they train Farah in secret. Tamlin thought it was too risky and there would be no conflict with Tyburn. Farah said, that's wishful thinking. Tamlin told her to describe the math room again. Farah was reminded of what Reese said. You are no one's subject. She thought maybe Reese had altered her thoughts. So she repeated the details of everything she'd seen to Tamlin. Chapter 8. A week later came the tithe. Since she'd been back, she'd only spent one day with Tamlin. Okay. So at this point, I was like, what are their love language? I think Farah's is quality quality time. time. What's Tamlin? That's a good ass question. <laughs> Gaslighting. Gaslighting. <laughs> you know what my love language is? Locking you in a prison and keeping you forever. Protecting you. It's protection. It's probably physical, but we won't get into that. That makes a little more sense, yeah. Yeah. So after that one day she spent with him, he'd been called away to the border. Tamla didn't bother to tell her where or why, just that she was not allowed to leave the grounds. And she had guards following her around. She asked Ianthe what to expect. Ianthe only told her to stay quiet by Tamlin's side and he would do the rest. Vera thought that would be simple, but was reminded of what Reese snarled at her. You are no one's subject. Remember? Remember? Mm-hmm. We just talked about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote the notes. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. <sighs> Tamlin had come home only the night before the tithe and Vera tried not to take it personally. She should have. Me. <laughs> The tithe was quite miserable for Feyre. It was so boring and mundane. After five hours in, a water wraith came forward and told Tamlin there were no fish in the lake anymore, so she and her sisters couldn't pay tithes. Tamlin demanded she had three days to pay, or it would double the next tithe. Ianthe nodded in confirmation from her place in the back of the throne room. Okay, so this is the part where I want to point out that... Well, yeah. That's also kind of emphasized here, too. Yes. But I think it's more, she's running the show. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if it's clear to the readers, but it's not Tamlin's court. It's Ianthe's. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Tamlin's kind of a pushover um, in the long run. Because Tamlin wasn't raised to be in a leadership position. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basically, Ianthe swoops in and has become this, but she's like not the face of the court, but she's technically running it anyway. She also has known him since she was a child, like they were children. So she probably was like, you know who's a little bitch that could let me run their court? It's Tamlin. I well, think I'm going to go to the spring court. <laughs> also, like, he listens to her opinion over Feyre's, so that's... All the f***ing Yeah, time. so that should tell you something, too. Because <laughs> they be f***ing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Feyre found this ridiculous and cold-hearted of Tamlin. The water wraith begged, and Tamlin doubled down. The wraith left, and Feyre asked Tamlin why they couldn't help her. Tamlin said his father had done it this way, and eventually his son would do it this way, too. And he gave her a smile. Peyton said, Read the f***ing room, tampon. And that's going to be my new bio. <laughs> <laughs> Read the f***ing room, tampon. The whole, like, mentality, just in general, of, like, well, that's the way so-and-so did it, and that's the way it's always been done, and that's the way my kids are going to do it. I'm just like, no. calm down. Everything changes. Mm-hmm. Like, just naturally things change. Ideals shift. Mm-hmm. New people come into place to change you and what you think. You got to be open to that tampon. Come on. Tampons are supposed to expand, right? <laughs> Expand your horizons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this one is not good at its job. So it's really dinky. 
the, we call oh. them the cardboard ones at yeah. camp. Feyre told them that she needed some air. Ianthe tried to stop her, but Feyre ignored her. Good for you, Feyre. Feyre chased down the water wraith. She asked how much gold she needed, but the water wraith didn't answer. Feyre handed her all of her gold jewelry. When the water wraith asked what she wanted in return, Feyre said nothing. The water wraith told her that she would always remember her kindness, and her sisters would, too. At dinner that night, Tamlin and Lucian wouldn't speak. She asked what the problem was. Tamlin told her he was mad at her for giving the wraith that jewelry, the jewelry he gave her. She told them they had a house full of jewelry, and it didn't matter. And then from the book, Why shouldn't I give them to her? I demanded. Those things don't mean anything to me. I've never worn the same piece of jewelry twice. Who cares about any of it? Tamlin's lips thinned. Because you undermine the laws of this court when you behave like that. Oh my gosh. Because this is how things are done here. And when you hand that gluttonous fairy the money she needs, it makes me, it makes this entire court look weak. Because he fears looking weak. Yeah. Although he's been a he weak, weak little bitch yeah, he is <laughs> for the last 50 years. Yeah. So he's like, I want to be a big, powerful, strong man. No, you're still a weak little bitch. Thank you, but Tamlin. Also, all of his people are thankful for him and Feyre right now for getting them out of this mess. So he's like, oh, they like me. They like me. They're on my side. And he wants to hold on to that, maybe. Feyre says, don't you talk to me like that. She bares her teeth. He slammed his hand on the table, claws poking through his flesh. But... I leaned forward, bracing my own hands on the wood. You still have no idea what it was like for me to be on the verge of starvation for months at a time. And you can call her a glutton all you like, but I have sisters too. And I remember what it was like to return home without any food. I calmed my heaving chest and that force beneath my skin undulating along my bones. So maybe she'll spend all that money on stupid things. Maybe she and her sisters have no self-control. But I'm not going to take that chance and let them starve because of some ridiculous rule that your ancestors invented. What a gal. Feminism. What a gal. She's just like, no, you're not going to tell me what to do. I have my reasons. I have been in her place before. You don't know what the f*** you're talking about, tampon. Also, it's not neither. It's not anything about the book. But every time I hear the word undulating, I think of <laughs> 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> and the... And the smut that the guidance counselor yeah. was writing, <laughs> undulating with desire. <laughs> Lucian told Tamlin Feyre didn't mean any harm. And Tamlin said he knew that. Feyre was like, what if Feyre was like, no, I did. Did it, did it hurt Tamlin? Did it hurt me just saying that? Oh, I would love that. <laughs> Lucian said Tamlin needed to relax. It could be worse. <laughs> Lucian's like, calm down, Tamlin. Your claws are coming out. Tamlin told him he didn't ask for his opinion. <laughs> Lucian does so much for you, Tampon. Come on. Feyre mentally begged Lucian to fight back. Then, Feyre wasn't in her body anymore. She was in someone's mind. Lucian's mind. As soon as she realized that, she was back. She threw her napkin down and excused herself. She knew who that newfound power had come from. Tamlin growled, saying they were not finished with their meal. She told him to get over himself. And then she noticed two burn marks on the table where she'd been holding on to it. She hoped they wouldn't notice. And Lucian didn't notice her going through his mind. Dun, this dun, whole dun. combo just gives me, like, the you being a teenager 
having dinner with your parents, them telling you to do something, and you being like, Ugh. it just gives me too many storming Edward away, vibes. and they're like, you didn't finish your dinner, <laughs> and just like, come back here. It gives me too many Edward vibes. Edward vibes. Mm. Put on your seatbelt. <laughs> At least he was worried about her safety in that, not actually, you know. Tamil was worried about her safety, too. He's just not concerned about her, what she thinks or feels or anything like that. This is not a healthy relationship. She doesn't care about her. He doesn't care about her mentally. <laughs> I mean, at least Edward's, like, kind of there for her. Except whenever he left her alone in the woods. But, yeah. And they had to send out a search party. Yeah. And then she was depressed for months. And then... Yeah. But, I mean, his brother did try to kill her, so. <laughs> Reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Leave her in the woods. And then kill yourself whenever you think she's died. Anyway. We're not talking about New Moon. <laughs> Next season. <laughs> Next season. We're going to go back and do all of <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Chapter nine. Farrah paced around her room, freaking out after everything that happened at dinner. Not the fact that her and Tamlin got into an argument, but the fact that she had found her way into Lucian's mind. <laughs> that her powers manifested. <laughs> Alice came in the room to get her ready for bed. And here's from the book. You gave your jewels to a water wraith. Alice mused, and I found her reflection in the mirror. Her brown skin looked like crushed leather, and her dark eyes gleamed for a moment before she focused on my hair. They're a slippery sort. She said they were starving, that they had no food, I murmured. Alice gently coaxed down a tangle. Not one fairy in that line today would have given her the money. Not one would have dared. Too many have gone to a watery grave because of their hunger. Insatiable appetite. It is their curse. Your jewels won't last long. Last her a week. I tapped a foot on the floor, but... Alice went on, setting down the brush to braid my hair into a single plait. Her long, spindly fingers scratched against my scalp. She will never forget it. So long as she lives, no matter what you said, she is in your debt. Alice finished the braid and patted my shoulder. Too many fairies have tasted hunger these past 50 years. Don't think word of this won't spread. I was afraid of that, perhaps more than anything. But you never know who you'll be kind to, and I'll come back and help you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. She waited until after midnight for Tamlin, but he never came to bed. Rude. (laughs) Later that night, she found Tamlin in his study alone. She noticed a box with a pink bow on top of it. He seemed to be in a different mood, and he apologized. Uh, Because he's about to bribe her. Yeah. With apologies. Yeah. I feel like we gotta wait to get into the grittiness of some things that he does we'll wait we'll wait because i I got feelings and things to say yeah he gave her the gift and she hoped it wasn't a crown when she opened it she realized it was worse than a crown it was a paint set she tried to seem happy about it he told her he thought it would be good for her if she started painting again farah understood his motives then he wanted her to find a distraction while he distracted himself with his work. Farrah got angry and told him that she couldn't even go anywhere without being followed by guards. She told Tamlin she couldn't live like that. It was suffocating her. She wanted to work beside him as an equal. He told her she had given enough. She reminded him that she was a fae now. 
and was a lot harder to kill. He said his family was stronger than her and they died easily. Then she told him, then marry someone who will put up with this. He asked if she didn't want to marry him anymore. She said she did, but she felt like she was drowning in all of the guards and secrets and feeling trapped made it seem like he was holding her head underwater. Tamlin's powers blasted through the room. Everything was destroyed in the study. So much. This chapter, like... No. Nope. 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 Okay, so if he would have known, if he would have actually f***ing talked to his fiance, he would have found out that she can't see the color red mm-hmm. without freaking out. Mm-hmm. He would know she doesn't paint anymore for that reason and she doesn't feel deserving of the things that once brought her joy. joy. But also she doesn't see colors anymore. Like she, mm-hmm. Not that she's colorblind, but like she is... Ooh, song to add to the playlist. <laughs> Did I already? Probably. She is not okay with painting because of all this trauma. Mm -hmm. She's just like, even in Akrotar, she was like, you know, I just, I would have thought to paint this, but I just can't see those colors as beautiful anymore. Like, I mean, the part of her that died, the painting died with it because Mm -hmm. she lost so much that day. Like, Tamlin being like, oh, you don't owe anything to my people anymore. He He's never going to see them as a force together. Mm-mm. Like, he tells her, you did enough. You saved them. You can just sit there now. You can finally rest, Feyre. And she's like, nah, man, first, there's an impending war happening that you don't believe. I got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, like, then marry someone who will put up with this line just really got me. But um, I said, like, as far as how Tamlin and Feyre are coping with everything, which I think we talked about a little bit in the last episode, very different. They see things and do things very different. Mm-hmm. The fact that Tamlin, you know, after everything that Feyre specifically went through, he's like, oh, I have to protect her. I can't, like, I watched her die once. I can't go through that again. And then Feyre's like, oh, I died once. All this stuff happened. I need to be useful now. Yeah. Like, they don't see each other's sides and that. Vera tries. She really tries, but Tanwin makes it very difficult. And I want to point out that he doesn't get angry when she says, you know, marry someone else then. Yeah. Not upset, not like bursting with rage. It's when she says, I feel like you're holding my head down underwater from everything you're doing it feels like you're drowning me just like you are literally killing me like and he obliterated the study Mm -hmm. i'm like was that a reaction to like uh pharaoh you have no idea or him being like oh my gosh like what if this is true he didn't like the truth thrown in his face well i just wonder if he really actually just sees her as more of a possession than actually loving her. Oh, that's definitely what it is. And I don't know if it's even like outright that he knows it's like that. He might think, oh yeah, I love her, but really, he doesn't even know it's more of the possession thing. Because he's spent 50 years trying to find some human to love to break this curse. Mm -hmm. So like, once he finds someone that can fit the criteria, then it's like, oh, well, I don't want to let go of this person. Even though she's goes through so much and so much changes within her he doesn't want any of that to happen all right chapter 10 nothing was left intact except for a small circle around pharaoh where she had sunk to the floor she looked up to tamlin thinking maybe he had protected her from his outburst tamlin took a step toward her and was forced back by an invisible shield she had made it herself 
Pamela kept calling for her, and eventually she unwittingly removed her protection. He sank to his knees and apologized. Farah couldn't stop trembling. The apologizing. And then from the book. I'll try, he breathed. I'll try to be better. I don't. I can't control it sometimes. The rage. Today was just. Today was bad. With the tithe, with all of it. Today, let's forget it. Let's just move past it. Please. I didn't fight as he slid his arms around me, tucking me in tightly enough that his warmth soaked through me. He buried his face in my neck and said onto my nape, as if the words would be absorbed by my body, as if he could only say it the way we'd always been good at communicating, skin to skin. The, I'll try to do better, that really hits me. Um, it's, if anyone out there has read It Ends With Us, you know, you know. Well, I mean, Same thing. I mean, this is classic abuse ap- yeah. apology stuff. Like, this mm-hmm. is what they do. After they have terrified the out of you they're like i'm sorry this will never happen again it's just a bad day blah 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 blah. and yeah he's like i'll try better i'll do this and then also let's go into the fact that their love is just lust and so the only way they know how to communicate ever has been physical so he's trying to convince her that everything is okay not just through these words but through having sex and And then she can even convince herself. Okay, it's good for now. Continuing. I couldn't save you before. I couldn't protect you from them. And when you said that about about me drowning you, am I any better than they were? I should have told him it wasn't true, but I had spoken with my heart or what was left of it. I'll try to be better, he said again. Please, give me more time. Let me me get through this, please. Or even being like, I was going to lie, yeah. but then I decided, no, all that was true. And her deciding not to apologize for mm-hmm. her words, I was like, that shows some character mm-hmm. growth that we are slowly seeing. From but her. she said, I'd spoken from the heart or mm-hmm. what was left of it then. But now she doesn't have that heart anymore. And you'll see more of that as we go on. Farrah wondered what he needed to get through. She realized he was waiting for an answer, but she didn't have one. So she wrapped her arms around him and Tamlin kept apologizing. Vera looked over his shoulder to see the red paint dripping down the wall, thinking it looked like blood. <laughs> For the days that followed, Tamlin love-bombed <laughs> the of Vera. Sorry. My notes. <laughs> and even lifted the number of guards she had. That's what it was. It was love-bombing. It was love-bombing. Like, it, was, it was what abusive people do. They they make up for it they'll give you gifts they'll you know but you're like oh it is better he's living up to his word yeah show an extreme affection she even got to ride her horse into the woods without an escort tamlin didn't mention her shield and pharaoh didn't have the heart to bring it up tamlin was gone more often than not after some time passed and pharaoh stopped asking him where he was going and what he was doing she knew tamlin was a natural protector that was what she wanted and needed when she was a starving human She didn't dare stop to think of what she needed now or what she had become. She spent most of her days in the library practicing her reading and her mental shield and sometimes the physical shield too. She didn't speak very often. One day, sometime around noon, she didn't bother to get out of bed. From the hall, she heard Tamlin growling at someone to get out. She realized that a month had already passed and it was Reese. She got up to meet them, only to realize she was naked and didn't have any clothes around to put on. Thanks, tampon. (laughs) Thanks, man. He, like, shred them. Yeah, he shredded them. So she wrapped herself in a blanket and peeked outside to see the two High Lords arguing. Reese turned around to face her, and the grin on his face faltered. He asked if they were running low on food here. Damn. Tamlin was confused, so Reese 
looked cold and told her, let's go. Tamlin got in Reese's face and told him that she would come with him when she was ready. Reese just brushed an invisible fleck of dust off Tamlin's jacket. (laughs) (laughs) He hates messy. They were thought of how brave this was of Reese with Tamlin's teeth so close to his throat. She thought she would scream of terror if that was her. Reese turned to her and said, No, you wouldn't have. As far as your memory serves me, the last time Tanlin's teeth were near your throat, you slapped him across the face. Vera realized her shields were damp. She quickly raised them back up. Tamlin told Reese to shut up, get out. Reese advised Tamlin to up security so every Tom, Dick, and Henry couldn't stroll in. Reese looked over to Vera again and told her to put some clothes on. My God, and I had to blast, you know? She and Tamlin went into the room where Feyre put on her night court clothes that she had returned in last time. Feyre asked him if it would be best to set aside their differences, an ally with Reese in the night court. Tamlin told her he would mend things with Reese the day that Reese released her from the bargain. She told him that might be why he was even keeping the bargain. While dressing, she noted how loose her pants fit from the month before. From the book, so Tamlin's talking, he says, Feyre, and he reaches for her, but she steps out of range. Why do you need to know these things? Is it not enough for you to recover in peace? You earned that for yourself. You earned it. I relaxed the number of centuries here. I've been trying trying to be better about it. So leave the rest of it. He took a steady and breath. <sighs> this isn't the time for this conversation. <laughs> I gotta read it. Drama. It was never time for this conversation or that conversation, but I didn't say it. I didn't have the energy to say it, and all the words dried up and blew away. So I memorized the lines of Tamlin's face and didn't bite him as he pulled me to his chest and held me tightly. Someone coughed from the hall, and Tamlin's body seized up around me. But I'd had enough of fighting and snarling and going back to the open, serene place atop the mountain. It seemed better than hiding in the library. So Farah left the room, noticing that Reese looked like he wanted to criticize something, but he didn't. So, I want to point out, she also says that she was going to say something to him about it, but she just didn't have the energy. So, that's two parts in the same chapter that she talks about not having low energy. It's just a start. It just started happening after Tamlin lost his temper on her in the study. But she's just like, I just don't have the energy. She's, she's losing the fight in her. Like, yeah. she knows nothing's going to come of it, like... Reese extended his hand to her, but Tamlin barged in between them. He begged Reese, saying he'd give the other High Lord anything he wanted if he would just eradicate the bargain with Feyre. Reese said, I already have everything I wanted, and he stepped around Tamlin. He grabbed Feyre, and they were gone. Okay, but like, even if he was like willing to go for that bargain, Tamlin doesn't have anything to give to him that he would want anyway. Because <laughs> Tamlin's a weak bitch. Uh, also, Reese has everything he wanted. Uh, I don't know. He's tried to make this bargain twice with him, yeah. but nothing's come of it. He's just like... He's like, so- Tamlin, will you stop? You know it's not going to work. Like, there, you got nothing. You got nothing. I don't want your lands, your money. <laughs> I just want your girl. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 11. She's still your girl. <laughs> As they arrived at the night court reese asked her what the hell happened in the last in the past month she told him to look in her mind for answers but there was no bite in her words she didn't have the energy he asked where the shoe throwing was he's like where is the girl that threw a shoe at the high lord of yeah. prithian like come on she's just like a 
numb being right now. She didn't respond and didn't smile. Reese asked her to have breakfast with him. He sounded like he was pleading, worried, maybe even desperate. She noticed how much weight she had lost since she since the month before, despite things slowly going back to normal. They sat down to eat, and Reese asked her about the spike of fear he'd felt a couple of weeks ago. She told him it was nothing, and she noticed total rage in his eyes. She asked him if, if he had known what happened that day, then why bother asking? And this is from the book. He said quietly, Because these days, all I hear through that bond is nothing. Silence. Even with your shields up, rather impressively most of the time, I should be able to feel you. And yet I don't. And sometimes I'll tug on the bond only to make sure you're still alive. Darkness guttered. And then, one day, I'm in the middle of an important meeting when terror blasts through the bond. All I get are glimpses of you and him, and then nothing. Back to silence. I'd like to know what caused such a disruption. She brushed brushed it off, telling him it was an argument. He asked if that was why she looked like guilt and grief were eating her alive. She told him to get out of her head. He told her to make him. He reached his claws into her mind, and she didn't care to fight him. Instead, she inquired where Moore was. He said that sh- she was away, but darkness swirled around him with his anger. He asked whether the wedding was pushed back. Farrah told him yes. Reese was shocked. Farrah didn't com- comment how. He should already know, or his favorite, go to hell. She didn't speak, didn't care to. He asked if she thought about his offer, to which she said she insisted she didn't want to be a pawn. Reese claimed he wanted her to to help her, not to manipulate her. She stated he only wanted her help because it would piss off Tamlin. Reese said, fine, I dove that grave myself with all I did to you under the mountain, but I need your help. Thera could feel the words he didn't say. Ask me. Push me about it. Thera lacked the energy to ask. I'm sorry, but Reese directly saying, I need your help, and Tamlin never uttering those words in his life to her? Oh no, he could never a man. All right. We love a man who needs help. <laughs> asks. Who asks? Reese said quickly, I was a prisoner in her court for nearly 50 years. I was tortured and beaten and f***ed until only telling myself who I was. What I had to protect kept me from trying to find a way to end it. Please help me keep that from happening again to Prithian. Some distant part of my heart ached and bled at the words at what he laid bare but tamlin had made exceptions he lightened the guards presence allowed me to roam a bit more freely he was trying we were trying i wouldn't jeopardize that so i went back to eating reese didn't say another word she didn't join him for dinner that night and the next day she didn't join him for breakfast when she came out of her room he showed her a table that he had set up with books and papers to help learn her learn. He told her to copy the obnoxious sentence as he tested her mental shields. She pushed him out and he noted that she had practiced. Days passed by, but she didn't see Reese. He had left her a stack of books. She spent her time reading. She found comfort in those books. It made her feel less alone. Farrah wondered where the woman who hurled the bone at Amaranthus' feet went. She thought maybe that fearless warrior died when her neck was snapped and she woke up immortal. Reese appeared in a chair across from her with two plates of food. She thanked him, shocking him by commenting nothing else. She decided to let him converse with himself during this meal. She just wanted to eat. When she reached for the food, he pulled it away. 
She tried to grab it again. He pulled back further. All right, I'm going to go back to the book. Tell me what to do. He said, tell me what to do to help you. Reese kept the plate beyond reach. He spoke again as if the words tumbling out loosened his grip on his power. Talons of smoke curled over his fingers. Great wings of shadow spread from his back. Months and months and you're still a ghost. Does no one there ask what the hell is happening? Does your high lord simply not care? He did care. Tamlin did care. Perhaps too much. He's given me space to sort it out, I said, with enough of a bite that I barely recognized my, my voice. Let me help you, Reese said. We went through enough under the mountain. I flinched. She wins, Reese breathed. That bitch wins if you let yourself fall apart. I wondered if he'd been telling himself that for months now. Wondered if he, too, had moments when his own memories sometimes suffocated him in the deep of night. But I lifted the book, firing two words down the bond between us before I blasted my shields up again. Conversation over. Like hell it is, he snarled. A thrum of power caressed my fingers, and then the book sealed shut between my hands. My nails dug into the leather and paper to no avail. Bastard, arrogant, presuming bastard. I slowly lifted my eyes to him, and I felt not hot temper, but icy, glittering rage. I could almost feel that ice at my fingertips, kissing my palms, and I swore there was frost coating the book before I hurled it at his head. He shielded fast enough that it bounced away and slid across the marble floor behind us. Good, he said, his breathing a bit uneven. What else do you have, Farah? Ice melted to flame and my fingers curled into fists, and the High Lord of the Night Court honestly looked relieved at the sight of it, of the wrath that made me want to rage and burn, a feeling for once, not like the hollow, cold silence. And the thought of returning to that manner with the sentries and patrols and the secrets, I sank back into my chair, frozen once more. Anytime you need someone to play with, Reese said, pushing the plate toward me on a star-flecked wind, whether it's during our marvelous week together or otherwise, you let me know. I couldn't muster up a response, exhausted from the bit of temper I'd shown, and I'd realized I was in a free fall with no end. I had been for a while. From the moment I'd stabbed that fey youth in the heart, I didn't look up at him again as I devoured the food. Two things. One, I can perfectly imagine that scene in a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Second, her saying that... Tamlin cares too much. She's just giving me time and space, you know, to like let myself heal. I'm like, girl, this is going to have been going on three months. Obviously, space ain't doing for you. Well, when you're in love, um, you think that you will make excuses in your head, like, oh, they love me. They're they're trying. They just they're giving me space. Have you ever seen them them really desperate girls that are like they think they're in a relationship with somebody and they're like, Okay, well where are they? They're giving me space right now. I'm like, did you ask for it? No. Do you need it? Absolutely not. Also, Reese just like trying to pick a fight with her just to make her feel something. Mm-hmm. And he does it a lot. The next day, when they arrived back at the spring court, they were greeted by Tamlin. By greeted, I mean he growls at Farrah to get inside. Farrah knows that the days of no escorts and freedom are gone. Reese told her to fight it and then vanished. Tamlin begged her for more information. The guards came back in full force after that. Uh, building up, y'all. It's building up towards something. Stupid f***ing tampon. For real. All right, chapter 12. 
Okay, some mysterious threat had broken out, so Pharaoh's brief freedom was over. She asked Lucian what was going on, and he seemed to want to tell her, but his loyalty to Tamlin got in the way. The only person allowed in the ma- manor was Ianthe. Pharaoh was happy that the courtiers were sent away, but despite knowing Tamlin enjoyed their company, she felt they were all spewing insults dressed as pretty words, which, yeah, they were. Pharaoh poured over the books to help with the void whatever she was missing. Tamlin returned eight days later when he looked her over her over and kissed her brow. He was then pulled away by Anthe over some <laughs> secret news he had to tell her. Pulled away by Anthe. I mean, he comes in, he kisses her brow, and Anthe's like, I need you. Ew. <laughs> Caitlin's like, why'd you have to do it like that? <laughs> you touched me <laughs> and you said it? <laughs> Pretending to be her? I'm sorry. Anthe is like what Dolores Umbridge is. Yes. Where she is just like annoyingly a bad guy or a bad character a villain is that the pink lady yeah yes oh, okay see i've never seen harry potter i have no idea you've seen one movie we took you to it yeah. 10 years ago <laughs> 10 years ago deathly hallows part one all i know is dobby <laughs> and i cried then she saw red hair and immediately thought of amarantha she pan- panicked and felt talon shooting out from her she quickly realized she wasn't seeing amarantha but lucian lucian noticed Vera and the claws coming from her fingertips he looked back to Tamlin and Ianthe. Then he motioned for Feyre to follow him. He took her away from the others to an unused study where he asked her how long the claws had been appearing. She told him this was the first time it had happened. So he tells her that he would try to convince Tamlin to train her. Later, Feyre overhears the debate between Ianthe, Lucian, and Tamlin concerning whether they should train her or not. Ianthe claimed it was far too dangerous. They might come to assassinate her or even their children. She even suggested another High Lord might attempt to use Feyre for breeding purposes. Ew. Yep. Not right. Lucian told her no one would be that stupid with the threat of the other six High Lords. Ianthe told him that Reese would be that stupid and had the power to take on the threat of the other High Lords. How dare she say Reese would be stupid? Yeah, but also, like, he's done some bad things. Bad? (laughs) He is a wild card (sighs) in their eyes. But also, she's been with him recently, so, like... (laughs) Not recently. Well, they think that... Like, I mean, she was, like, with him for that week. Like... Feyre. Yeah. They also kind of think, like, maybe he's easing her into it. Mm-hmm. Before. Then, like, it's the next thing. Yeah, uh, she talks about, like, she's like, and maybe he doesn't steal her away. Maybe he just convinces her to leave. Ianthe even suggested Reese might not even bother with stealing her away, instead convincing her to go with him. They had all heard the conspiracies he had been feeding her. About the war. I was like, about what? (laughs) Lucian insisted it was best for Feyre to protect herself. It was inevitable her powers were to be seen by others if they didn't train her. Tamlin told him no and lashed out against Lucian. Feyre locked herself in her room without dinner to avoid Tamlin's wrath. The next day, Feyre realized how desperately she needed to get out of the house. Tamlin and Lucian were leaving to go somewhere. Feyre begged Tamlin to let her go with them. Tamlin told her, absolutely not. They had too many enemies out there. They argued for a while. Bear realized she was not the human who needed protection like she was prior to Under the Mountain. Tamlin had finally gotten where he could protect someone and she no longer needed that protection. Tamlin put magic all over the house, locking her inside before he winnowed away. Yes, a girl with trauma of being stuck somewhere, just lock her up again. Mm -hmm. Good idea. Lucian told her, be patient. And he would try to get her out of this and convince Tamlin to lift the lockdown. 
Then Lucian left. Beira had a panic attack, and her powers cocooned her in a ball of utter darkness. It had so much force and heat that it melted her engagement ring right off of her finger. I feel like that's symbolism right there. Then she heard someone calling out to her. It was Alice, but she couldn't hear what she said. She felt a woman picking her up. At first, she thought it was Amarantha coming to take her back under the mountain. It wasn't until she heard the other woman speak did she realize it was Moore. Alice told her to take care of Feyre. Moore said Alice was lucky her hard lord wasn't there and that the sentries got to keep their lives. Moore kept telling Feyre, you're free, over and over again while carrying her away and winnowing. Feyre then felt warmth and thought this might be the summer court before she heard a low, vicious growl. Moore told the owner of the growl that she had done everything by the book. She transferred Feyre to the other person. Feyre didn't even realize it was Reese until he said, then we're done here. The wind tore at her, but something sweet and soft about the night lulled her to sleep. Did we even talk about that? I mean... Uh... Kaelin locked her up, trying to protect her. It went too far. Feyre's got trauma. Mm -hmm. She's also really powerful, so obviously... And then we'll find out how Risa and Amor found out about this in a minute. Chapter 13. Vera awoke to open air and the dawn light. She was on a balcony. She glanced over to see Reese looking solemn. She swallowed and his head snapped over to her, relief washing over his face. Vera asked what happened. Reese told her that he couldn't, he could hear her screaming through the bond. He had to get more to save her because if he went, Tamlin had every right to start a conflict between their courts. She mentioned going back and Reese said she was under no obligation of the deal. He would take her whenever she wished. She told him Tamlin locked her up. Reese knew he could feel it through the bond as, as it happened. As he spoke, Vera could see the, his wings coming out. She told him she had nowhere else to go. Reese said... She could stay in the night court for as long as she wished. She could stay forever if she wanted. Would you like to stay for dinner? Would you like to stay forever? R.I.P. Betty White. Um, <laughs> Farrah insisted... Who was Betty White, wasn't it? From Mulan? You Mulan? We'll look it up later. <laughs> Don't quote us on that. Farrah insisted she had to go back eventually. He told her to say the word and he would take her back. Farrah knew by the look in his eyes he wouldn't like it, but he would. he would take her back there despite everything then resand switched modes saying she could work for him now and he owed her so he could keep her here for as long as she wished farah concerned the state tamlin might currently be in oh yeah so in the book it says but he he locked me up either he so deeply misunderstood me or he'd been so broken by what went down under the mountain but he locked me up so tamlin just like not understanding that that was a bad move. Yeah. That that was probably the worst thing he could do Ever. to this girl. <laughs> she told Reese she wouldn't go back, not until things changed. Vera then asked where the different powers she possessed come from. So, like, the darkness comes from the night court. The ice comes from the winter court. The fire comes from the autumn court. Tamlin's got all powers, so he doesn't really have a seasonal no he's just a shapeshifter he makes f-ing flowers that's all he does <sighs> weak ass bitch i take that back you know who makes flowers but is also like one of the highest powered like og bleach my mr darcy 
Byakuya Kuchki. He makes flowers and they'll fing cut you, Tamlin. What you got? So, right here, right now, I'm just going to say it. Captain Kuchki could beat Tamlin in a fight and everybody can quote me on that. Um, anyway, <laughs> so there's that. I can't remember if there's any other powers that's mentioned in that part other than I know the ice was there and the fire. Change, and the, shape-shifting? Did she shape-shift? Well, like the claws. Oh, yeah, the claws came out and then the darkness from Reese. And I have no idea. I have no idea if any other powers are shown through that, but that's all we know so far. For some odd reason, every time she uses fire, they're like, oh, that comes from the autumn court. Like... <laughs> They don't want you to forget. <laughs> Reese told her to rest up. He had business to attend to in another part of his court. Vera begged him to take her with him. She couldn't stand the thought of being in solitude anymore. Instead of turning her down, he explained that if she went, she would have to lie about everything she saw, even to her friends in the spring court. Vera asked where they were going. Reese told her to Valeris, the city of starlight. Vera collected herself. She realized that if there were a city, it was probably not more than ruins after Amarantha's reign of terror. Pause for a second. What friends in the Supreme Court? <laughs> well, she was like, I need to go back eventually. And so he's saying, if you go back. Hamlin, you- <laughs> Lucian, Ianthe. I mean, they're they're all besties. It's all Alice. good. Are they, though? Alice, there's some love there between her and Alice. Yeah. Not much, but there's a little. That is the only person who actually loves her from that court. Yeah. <laughs> Lucian, I think, ha- cares for her, but he's got a hero complex when it comes to he's Tamlin. He's too anyway. far up Tamlin's ass. <laughs> yep. Anyway, Valeris. <laughs> she went to Reese and they winnowed, ending up in a townhouse bathed in a land filled with sunlight. It was a house, a beautiful house, dressed like a home, a home in a lively city, Valeris. Valeris? Like, never heard of it before, and obviously, like, Reese says, okay, but everything you see, top secret. Because he finally trusts her, he finally sees that she's like, I'm not going back anytime soon. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we're going to take this chance, we're going to take this opportunity. But yeah, and like, the way, like, the house is described, she's, like, very shocked by it because it does look so homey. And just, like, the city looks nothing like how she imagined. And mm-hmm. it talks about that more once we get in there. But um, I said, like, for one, Ferris' choice not to go back and face Tamlin immediately after all of this happened. After he locked her up and her not wanting to have that fight, that argument right now. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I need time away from that man. Yeah. Like, it's not getting any better. It's not going to get any better. I can't be around him anymore. Mm-hmm. He locked me up. Yeah. Like, he did the worst thing he could do right now. And Reese understands that. Um, And also how, like, whenever Reese was like, I have some business to attend to. And that's something she's very used to hearing from Tamlin. And she, I feel like she kind of expects to be turned down because that's what she's used to. But Reese is like, okay, but everything you see, you can't talk about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, okay. Like, I get to actually do something. That's cool. And it's so funny because, like, she's so used to people, like, not telling her anything that she'll ask, like, expecting them not to tell her. Uh And then they do. And she's like, maybe that's why she's so invasive. Probably. The the questions that this girl asks are hilarious (laughs) because you're like, this is not polite conversation, (laughs) Farrah. But she's like, they're not going to tell me anyway. And then they do. And she's like, 
Oh, I get this person's whole life story. Cool. Yeah, she just like, well, we'll get to it. But she's like, so why do you look like that? <laughs> you know, or yeah. something. And Reese is like willing to tell her all of this because he's just testing her the whole time mm-hmm. and being like, okay, how is she going to think if I tell her this? How about this? He's also trying to prove that he's not the villain. But, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Anything to add to that? No, it's a lot. And we're sorry. It's a lot. But it's building to so much more. And we're finally uh, going to be into a new part. We're going to meet some fun characters. We are. I love and that make this reading experience so much more joyful for me personally. So I'm not stuck. I'm not stuck in the house in this freaking spring court all the time. It's too happy-go-lucky over there. Mm-hmm. I need something. I need the messiness that we are about to see from some characters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And their lives and their banter. I need the Reese trying to get to Vera. I need Vera working through her shit because she's got a lot of it. And it mm-hmm. is annoying, but it's understandable for mm-hmm. me at least. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Rambolaris. Yeah. Rambolaris. City of Starlight. City of Starlight. Tune in next time to see me and Caitlin argue over what Valerius looks like, possibly. We have not discussed it. I don't think it. it's a, like argument. You don't think so? I think we'll be like, oh, well, okay, I see it like this. I don't know. We do get defensive sometimes. I'm not that defensive over Valeris, unless you say something completely off the cuff, and I'm going to be like, whoa. I'm sorry, have you met me? (laughs) (laughs) Not going to get into it, but yes, I have. (laughs) Okay, I guess that wraps it up for today. Remember to follow us on Instagram at the Let's Call It Nothing pod, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This has nothing to do with this morning's events. The terrorist attack. <laughs> it wasn't a terrorist attack, but... I mean, it, it technically was... is considered domestic <laughs> terrorism, but... We can't give out too much detail. <laughs> They'll know. It did hit hey, national news. editing this account. This account. This is... <laughs> anyway. She might keep it in, though. You never I'll know. I'll put it at the end. <laughs>